analyst, uh, Colonel Cedric Layton. Colonel, thank you so much uh, for your time this morning. Uh, first up, I want to get your reaction to Secretary of State Blinken uh, in Ramallah. He was just there meeting with uh, Mahmoud Abbas, the Palestinian Authority's president. What does that tell you, especially that he's engaging once again in shuttle diplomacy? He was just at the summit on Saturday meeting with the four ministers uh, of Egypt and uh, Qatar and Jordan. Uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, good morning, Amra. Well, I think what uh, Secretary Blinken is doing is he's trying to shore up support among the Palestinian Authority as well as uh, the Arab nations for a two-state solution. Uh, he would like the Palestinian Authority also to take over the administration of Gaza once uh, Israel achieves its goals of destroying Hamas. Now, whether or not Israel can achieve those goals is, of course, another matter. But uh, I think the goal of the Secretary of State is very much to uh, get the Palestinian Authority, represented by Mahmoud Abbas, uh, in, uh, on his side and make that work for him from a uh, political standpoint. What are your thoughts on this four-hour window for this safe corridor? That window is about to close uh, at 2 p.m. local time. It's a little after 1 o'clock uh, there. And, and Elia brought up these issues, right? I mean, how do you even get these messages to all the civilians who are dealing uh, with power outages and Internet outages in Gaza? And let's say they do get the message. Of course, resources is a huge uh, problem, right? Because no fuel, as we heard from the U.S. Special Envoy David Satterfield, no new fuel has gotten into Gaza since the war began. How helpful do you think this quote unquote safe corridor that the IDF is opening uh, will be for the civilians to move south? I think it's uh, too short a time period. Uh, you know, four hours uh, is not enough time to uh, get people out, especially those that have. Uh, you know that have special needs or are in uh, you know in a place where they can't really uh, get transportation and uh, so far to my knowledge at least we have not seen a stream of refugees on foot marching down uh, you know the saladin highway there uh, so uh, you know elliot's absolutely right you know if you don't have any uh, internet connectivity if you don't have uh, power uh, there's a risk that you might not get that message. Uh, the Israelis have in the past uh, distributed flyers. They've airdropped flyers into uh, the Palestinian areas uh, to uh, get them uh, that kind of a message. Uh, whether or not they did that in this case, I'm not sure. Uh, but they're definitely, uh, the Israelis are definitely uh, trying several ways to get the message to them. The problem that they have is it's not coordinated with uh, other aspects of their military operation, or it doesn't seem to be at least. You know, there's a lot of aid still at the border uh, that needs to get in. Of course, we're still talking about hostages uh, that the U.S. and Israel are quite involved in trying to get released. Um, but there's also what seems to be a public split uh, that's forming between the U.S. and Israel. Is that how you see it? Because you have Netanyahu who is saying uh, there, will no be, there will not be any kind of ceasefire or a pause until all hostages are released. But then you also have the Secretary of State, uh, Blinken, uh, who is publicly stating there needs to be a humanitarian pause. Yeah, the, the Secretary of State is trying to very much to bridge the gap between uh, the desire for a complete ceasefire and uh, Israel's stand, public stance, at least, on the, the issue of either a ceasefire or a humanitarian pause. Uh, in fact, they are doing some humanitarian pauses, like the one that's in existence right now. Uh, but uh, the fact of the matter is uh, that uh, you know, Israel has its war aims, and it believes it can't be seen 
uh, to be deviating from them, and they think that this kind of a humanitarian pause may be a slight deviation or a large deviation in their minds, perhaps, uh, from uh, their war aims. So uh, the secretary has a bit of a problem here in uh, the uh, effort to kind of bridge that gap. It's a very difficult to needle to thread in this case. So what's your sense, Colonel, of what's happening on the ground? Last we heard was on Friday that Israel had encircled uh, Gaza City. What happens next? Yes, yeah, so I'm not sure that the encirclement has been completed yet, uh, but it may have been by this time. But, uh, you know, the encirclement is uh, designed to, in essence, uh, either besiege or starve out uh, the Hamas fighters. Now, when they do that, and you know, we see the map of Gaza right there in Gaza City in particular, uh, that's kind of in the center of the Gaza Strip. And the idea there is not only to encircle that area, but also to make it possible for Israeli ground forces to enter a certain zone within that city and then be able to go in and, in essence, clear that zone. And that's going to be difficult for the Israelis to do. I think that might be the next step, uh, but they're going to have to watch the tunnels. They're going to have to uh, make sure that they don't get ambushed uh, and uh, we also watch, of course, for improvised explosive devices. So those are the kinds of things, kinds of challenges that they have right now. Yeah, a lot of risks going uh, in there on the ground. Colonel Cedric Layton, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Still to come, 2024 Republicans exchange.